0: recently I'm ready to go I had the first instance the other day where I felt like throwing a fit that I couldn't duck at like you know you get the moment yeah. you're just like I want to do it like you want to throw a fit like a little kid about it <laughs> like really really craving it I had that first feeling I think it was yesterday yeah
1: yeah it's like uh right. when, when I get those feelings I don't necessarily like want to throw a tantrum but I understand the meaning of of the itch when people say i got the itch it's like an itch you can't scratch you get this like man i wish i could go but you just you know you can't because it's out of season and all that but uh, i'm right there with you it's kind of weird you know it's just just the right time of the year for that so um it it seems about this time every year i kind of start feeling it and um i mean we're at tomorrow will be july 1st so um the countdown is here as far as like, I mean, we got two months till we're shooting dove, um, and some people are shooting early goose and early teal. I think you're probably what, maybe a week behind that, Elliot.
0: No, um, well, whatever the first weekend of September is is the Nebraska okay. opener.
1: So nice. So I think, think that's think like when the first the second or something, is second it? or third, or maybe it's the third or fourth.
0: It's the third, yeah. right? So. Yeah, I wish I could do something with Dove on the first. I would like to get back into Dove hunting if I had some good spots, but I just don't. So
1: You just don't knock on doors. That's what you mean.
0: I'm not going to drive all over the place looking for Dove.
1: You don't man. have to drive all over the place. Yeah, just I've been to Kansas.
0: What do you think? We have a lot There's of Dove.
1: There's farms everywhere.
0: Yeah. Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe sometime I'll just drive around and get some prospects.
1: just, just all you I never even look. think about it. I never even think about it. It's not like not like a week before, even like if you go like three, two or three days before, you just drive around, not too far, and go go to some farm area, and just look for places that look like good good dove habitat. I mean, you yeah. know what that is. If you can find crop field, if you can find a dairy field where they got silage. I mean, people do dairy farms out there, no?
0: Yeah, there's dairy farms out here.
1: Okay, that's your perfect prospect right there. Dairy farm silage field. They See eat, what you know, I do is
0: during that time I drive to marshes and look for teal habitat and teal. That's the thing. Is, okay, but you just like said that you time want to get I, back into it. Well, but I don't want to put any effort in.
1: <laughs> like, but you can. Okay, it's like it's so minimal. Like you go like that first day, you just go, just go for opener. Like the, this is how we're going to get you back into it. You got to find one farm. You got to knock on the door, right. and and then on opener you go. Like you're gonna like you're gonna shoot. You know, just in the first two hours, and then you'll just be yeah, done. Yeah, but here is the deal:
0: I am leaving Friday. Actually, let's see, that won't work because I'll more than likely I'll take Friday off before the opener of Nebraska Teal. So Thursday night will be either preparing to leave or leaving. Now, it probably would be like all gearing up for the show. I just have ducks on my brains. I am just a different human being when it comes to waterfowl. To anything else, it's like I will go to the ends of the earth. For a teal hunt or anything, but anything other than waterfowl, I just don't really have it in me to worry about. It's really weird. Yeah, I don't like. I it. am completely different human being when it comes to waterfowl and non-waterfowl, like yeah, in, like I fishing mean, I, or I anything. It's just that. weird. It's. I wish that I had more desire to do it. I am going to be so jacked up for teal hunting and getting that whole trip ready that I, I probably won't even want to worry about that on Thursday night.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I understand. Like, yeah, if it, it comes in the way of that, but it's like, man, you could definitely get out there for a hunt. Yeah, sometime, maybe not. Maybe your schedule just doesn't let it. For me, it's a little easier because I have dairy farms within five minutes of me. I can go before work and maybe even have my limit and be to work by nine o'clock. So it's like,
0: yeah, you well, know. I've got evening, so maybe I'll just. I'll just keep it in mind. I've got a farmer friend and I asked him one time and he's like, yeah, I think you can go out into this cornfield. And I went out in this cornfield and just stood there and nothing happened. Oh, I think when I was growing up, we had, it's like I've never been involved in like the what a dove like thing. Growing up, my uncle was a farmer. He had a couple ponds. They were both just phenomenal for dove. So anytime we wanted to hunt, we just went to these ponds. So I didn't even realize growing up, I didn't even realize people hunted them in crop fields because I thought it was just like a pond type of sport it's like they go feed then they go to roads and they go to ponds and so we would always just sit in those ponds so when i came up to this area i actually um i lived out kind of where josh lives now and uh the lake he talks about going to i scouted that really hard for dove hunting and i i was always looking for ponds and that was where my mind sat and i could never really find anything and and then at some point it just kind of kind of faded off
1: yeah, I've never done the the pond style. Um, so it's fun. Not, I love
0: it that way. I love, but it's got to have mud around. They have to have like mud banks around to to sit to land in. Hmm. Not nice. banks, but like you know, it's got to be mud around the edges for some reason.
1: There you go. Maybe
0: I'll try. Maybe yeah. I'll
1: give it a go. Good deal. Well, I don't have. I don't really have a lot of updates. Um, you know from anything going on i've been uh churning out the video stuff uh you know one thing i guess would be kind of cool to talk about a little bit is you and me really been uh busting it working hard on uh the hunt stats app
0: yeah that's consumed a lot of our time man we've got tons of changes in the process i mean geez it's yeah that's taking up a lot of our time a lot of things to be excited about
1: oh yeah yeah we got uh we got new artwork for and, and new new design for the app, we got um, some cool new features. We got, I mean, we got the scorecard right now, but like the new scorecard that we're working on is going to blow that one away. So yeah, um, there, there's honestly like countless things we're working on, but I just don't want to go too far into talking about them, just because I want to make sure they get done before season, and we're we're doing our best with uh you know um, everything we got going on to to get all that cranked out, and uh, I'm just super excited for it. Um, I'm super excited for the leaderboards that we're adding to it. Cause that's always a fun competitive thing, um, that we have, you know, so far it's really just been like, the only thing that we have is like the season mm-hmm. leaderboard and that's going to change this year. So, um,
0: well, why, why don't you I'm talk a little bit about our that. leaderboard ideas that we would like to, we know, we don't know when we can get these on. We've got three sure. developers working at this point, not full time. This is side job stuff for them. But we've got yeah. more people working and and yeah, just kinda give some hints as to what we're thinking. We don't know when it's gonna be done. We're going as quickly as we can.
1: Yeah, yeah, and so if you guys if you've been in the fellowship of the duck on our Facebook group, then you've seen it too. We've done some some polls in there. We've done pool where uh uh more than likely we're gonna change the name to um you want to say the name, Elliot? <laughs> well,
0: it yet. we were thinking North American duck hunter, but everyone in Fellowship of the Duck Nuns, our Facebook group. If you haven't signed up, go and sign up there. Make sure you answer the questions, or you won't get in. But we, so we were thinking North American duck hunter, but everyone seems to like North American waterfowler. It's like, what was it seventy six to four the votes were, or something yeah. like that? Just ridiculous. Yeah.
1: I think we had we had pr- like pretty much we had three different ideas. One was the ultimate duck hunter mm-hmm. um, because the idea is like you get in the group and like the leaderboards and like your goal is to be the ultimate duck hunter, right? Um, so I can see maybe some people, that doesn't appeal to everybody. It, it appeals to the competitive side of people. Um, and then the other things we had, the uh, we had the um, North American duck hunter and mm-hmm. North American waterfowler. Um, and far and away, yeah, people liked the waterfowler i think that's the way we're going to lean towards so um but if it wasn't for the people i think it'd be duck it'd be north american duck hunters
0: so, yeah we had kind of um, so first of all we had a disagreement where i thought north american waterfowler and we went back and forth on it and the more i thought about it the more i liked the whole duck hunter phrase but then gosh when you get a vote of 76 to four that's pretty pretty
1: uh, yeah pretty it's big pretty it's, uh yeah, it's weird for me to, f- <laughs> but I don't, I'm not opposed to either one. So yeah. uh, I just, if I had to guess, I think I would have guessed that uh, North American Duck Hunter would have won the pool.
0: Or at least it'd be close. <laughs> it's a yeah, and if it abs- was close, we
1: might have still gone with Duck Hunter. If it was like 40% to 60, be like, well, we you like know, we like tonight. this one better. But yeah. when it's that, you're just like, okay, I guess I'm wrong.
0: Yeah. Crazy, but if you guys haven't made an account yet, you can find this on um, iPhone, Android. Look up Hunt Stats on the web base, it's freelance on stats. And then once we change the name, that will change. But uh, man, it's just a phenomenal way to journal your hunting life with leaderboards, connecting with friends. And like Jordan said, I mean, our, our list of things we're going to add to this thing is like a mile long. I mean, it's just yeah. going to continue. To be cooler, cooler. And the artwork that we're adding, which is like Jordan found this artwork. And he's like, this is what we should use. It's incredible. Like you can see it on, if you're a patron, you can see it on patreon.com slash for that stuff. And what it looks like, it's phenomenal. Yeah.
1: yeah, And it, it'll all be, uh, it'll all be updated. I shouldn't say all it'll be uh, in the update phase uh, coming. You know, our goal with a lot of this is September one. We know we're not going to get everything done. Um, but as every, we're gonna phase it in, you know, through the beginning of season, we really wish we could get it done before season, but it just comes to time and money, and you know, we we both only have so much of those that we can put into this, and that's, and we, we you know, right now we're putting more time and money than we ever have before, so it's uh, you know, it keeps going up, and that honestly, that is thanks to a lot of our patrons, because that's where that's where that money goes, you know, mm-hmm. to to uh, this project and building something cool for for us and our community. And, and uh, you know, we, we got all the users on there that are loving it and um, we're just making it cooler and better and adding new things. And um, you know, leaderboards, like you said, talk about the leaderboards. um, Some of the ones that we got that I think people are going to be excited for. We got in the works. We really want to have a dove leaderboard this year for like the month of September, you know, um, just cut and dry uh, for, I know that seasons go longer all over the place. Um, and kind of go in and out, and may, maybe we'll have a year-long one too. But like the main, you know, the main thing. Most people just hunt doves. Early season it's like the the official kickoff to hunting season. Depending where you're at, you know, some people maybe the 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 kickoff is teal and early goose and all that. And uh, I love doing those as well. But that's one leaderboard we want to have in there. Um, another one, the dog guys are going to love. Um, we're adding retrievers to part of, um, the hunt tab. So you can, you can track the birds, your, your dog retrieved and have that like for years to come, you'll know the number. That's one thing that would have been really cool to do with chief, but I didn't. So now if you start though, and you have the app and all that, you can have the whole lifetime of your dog in retrieves, which is super cool. And then there'll be a leaderboard for that. Um, and then another one like uh, we dropped in the fellowship for some of these ideas and to see what people would think and uh you know one thing that was a uh, a favorite from the the fellowship was um, flyways and states which i I'm, I'm a big fan of that too that'd Me be too. super cool to see like yeah where you fall in in your state and where you fall in your flyway so um, but yeah, all these are just just like friendly rivalry friendly competition and um you know, we don't all have to be like Matt and harvest 200 plus birds and <laughs> be at the top of the list every year. Which you got second this year, right? So yeah,
0: and, and we're adding the ability to add pictures to your hunt, so you'll be able to once that's, you log yeah. a hunt, you can put a picture in there. So when your scorecard comes up, it'll show a summary of your hunt, and then you can add a picture into that, and hopefully be able to share that on the Facebook or Instagram. So yeah, the whole pic. I know a lot of people have been wanting to add pictures, so that's coming.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, and really, like I mean, the ideas and everything we can do this are just are just endless. So we'll we'll you know play around with it, the leaderboards, see what kind of sticks, see what people love, um, and then we'll add more of that, and you know, take away the things that maybe you know that that uh, don't necessarily fall the same way. And um, but I'm I'm just beyond excited with everything we got we got coming with it, and the new look is going to be phenomenal. So, um, but we'll keep, we'll keep you guys in the loop. For sure, um, as we come up to it. Uh if you like Elliot said, if you guys want to check it out, it's if you go on iPhone or on Google, um the Google Play Store, you can search it by just hunting uh by typing in Hunt Stat. It'll pop right up. Right now, it's an orange logo with a duck on it. Hunt stats. But in the future, I know if people are listening to this in the future, um, it's gonna be North American waterfowler and it'll have a different logo and right. i don't know what it is right now but yeah. um just so everybody knows that's just for full clarity on that
0: and one thing that we don't um, we don't push enough is the fact that once you log these stats in here you can export all of your numbers onto a spreadsheet so you can actually keep them for yourself and like i just had a guy ask me well i'm i'm going to um disable my account for a while and then i'm going to start it back up during season if you do that all of your information is saved so you can be in, you can keep it all. I'm keeping all my permanent data in this thing. So I made sure to have where you can export it out onto a spreadsheet, so it's always safe, no matter no matter what. And people yeah. don't realize that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if you guys are jumping in on the membership side of it, um, two ways: we got the Patreon, um, which gets you the free membership, or if you want to do the the app, then that's $2.99 a month, which uh, you know equivalent to a half a gallon of gas. So, <laughs> so uh, that's as little as that you can be in hunt stats. So,
0: it's not favorable to mention gas prices. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, half the price of I was going to say of like a value meal, but even those are more expensive than that now. Like value <laughs> meals are like eight, nine bucks for,
1: for one Taco Bell item. Yeah, on the value yeah, menu.
0: yeah. For the price of no, not a coffee at Starbucks. They're more than that too.
1: <laughs> yeah, jeez, good deal. So, alrighty. Well, uh, today's podcast is going to be we're going to do lessons learned from the hunts. Elliot and I have pulled hunts from our memory bank um, and some of our favorite hunts, um, and that's what we're going to be talking about. Uh, so, stay tuned for that. But before that, get a, let's get a quick word from our partners and we'll jump right into it. So, first off, I'd like to give a big thanks to Onyx. Guys, Onyx is the mapping app that Elliot and I both use. Um, it's perfect for the waterfowler. It gives you the tax information of the landowner. You can go knock on the door, get that yes or no right away. Um, and and it just helps you, you know, beat everybody the competition, public land shows you the boundaries, you know, where you stand. Um, and really, I, I don't think I could ever hunt without it again. So, um, check it out guys on X on mobile or web and
0: tetra hearing guys. If you're not wearing hearing protection, This is where you need to go. For years and years, I didn't wear them, and now I'm saying, what, huh? All the time. And it's annoying. You've got to be wearing hearing protection if it's not Tetra, then something else. But I've sampled a lot of different items, and you put in Tetra, and you forget they're even in. So they're noise-canceling. It's just the perfect system. So if you need something to protect your hearing, you might want to check out the Tetra hearing system.
1: Awesome. Also like to give a big thanks to Motion Ducks. Um, guys, Motion Ducks is the creator of the Motion Ducks decoy spreader. Elliot and I both run the Ultimate. That's two spreaders hooked together with seven ducks. It puts a ton of ripples through your set. Guys, in those no-win days, you have the wary duck, and, uh, Motion Ducks just fixes that solution. There's nothing else like it. It's like, the only thing that's similar is a jerk rig, which, honestly, it's old technology, and the Motion Ducks spreader far surpasses it in simplicity. Um, An ease of setup. If you haven't seen it in real life or video, you need to see a video of it. Check out either our channels. We have videos of it. Check out Motion Ducks on their website, their social media. Find a video of it. You'll be sold right away. Um, the code for that, guys, you duck on 2020, and you'll get 10% off at checkout.
0: As you get closer to season, I know there's going to be items that you want for waterfowl hunting, and you need to check out Final Approach. They are together with Rogers, which I know you know who they are. Final Approach is just a phenomenal waterfowl company. I really, they're coming on strong and I, I didn't really know that much about them. When I got their equipment in my hands, their decoys and their clothing, I was wild by the quality, quite honestly. I, I didn't realize the kind of things that they are doing in the waterfowl industry. So if you have not looked at what they've got and sampled them, Final Approach, just Type it in Google. I think you want to check out what they've got. They are ever expanding their lineup. And these guys that make this stuff, they are hardcore waterfowlers and they really take care of the fine details of all this equipment. Go and check it out. Final approach.
1: Awesome. Alrighty. Well, um, I guess I'm not going to hit up the hunt stats and Patreon again. since we talked about that at the beginning. I got it. Um, but, Let's go ahead and jump into the main part of the podcast. So like I said, guys, we're going to be talking about lessons learned from our hunts. Um, and Ellie and I, we actually both came to, I had this idea and said, Hey, I think this would be a cool podcast idea. Let's talk about some of our favorite hunts from the past and lessons learned from them. Cause that's just always, when I get done with the hunt, I like to reflect on it and be like, Hey, we could have done this better. We could have done that better. Or this is why we had success. Um, or this is why we didn't. Um, and you know, That's easy to do like the day after. Some of us, we're going to have to be, uh, you know, looking back in the memory banks and kind of getting some of the big picture stuff. But one thing we both realized is that uh, (laughs) some of our best hunts or favorite hunts or the hunts that you harvested the most birds, you don't always learn the biggest lessons from um, just because a lot of times everything went really smooth. So that's one thing I struggle with. I'm like, Hey, this one was awesome. I'm like, well, I didn't learn anything. We just sat up the birds came in at first light and they never stopped. And I shot my limit. <laughs> it's like, right. you know, there's not a, there's not a whole lot uh, to learn from that. Uh, but the other, the other side of that. So there's the hunts where you get those limits that are awesome. Um, and then the ones that I actually was able to kind of pull some constructive criticism for myself or, you know, something that I learned, um, we're on those hunts that were awesome because of the experience, you know, uh, something that was out of the ordinary or uh, something that we did that was different from like kind of every, every other hunt. Um, and they didn't also go as smooth, but we had an awesome hunt and I love them have great memories of those hunts. Um, so those are kind of the ones that I ended up with. You got kind of anything to add before we jump into it, Elliot?
0: Yeah, just the same thing is like, it made me second guess myself because I was looking through all my hunts. And I'm like, geez, why am I not and be like, I learned this here and I learned that there. It's like, do I think I know it all? Why is it so hard to find <laughs> hunts where I'm like, yeah, I learned this here. I think a lot of things we learn, we absorb it. We absorb it over time to where there's not necessarily sure. like one aha moment, but it's like you have experiences mount up and you just kind of take it in that way. But I, I'm. this was really fun to look back through my hunts and, and think about lessons learned, so I'm ready to roll.
1: Awesome. I am as well. So first one, guys, um, this, if you are an avid listener and follower, it won't be anything new because I've talked about this one um, a lot, and it's really kind of a, um, like a core memory when it comes to duck hunting. It was something that is like, bam, a light bulb turned, up, turned on. Um, and it was just a super cool experience overall. And so, um, and I, I really talked about it a lot in the early years of my YouTube channel, early years of the podcast, because it was such a, just a, a big, uh, moment for me as a duck hunter. So as so many of you guys know, I started off, um, at pretty much as a self taught hunter. Um, I had my buddy that I would kind of bounce questions off, but I didn't kill a duck. I went 11 times <laughs> by myself before I killed a duck. I had to quit. And, uh, yeah probably a lot of people would <laughs> stubborn uh, yeah and uh the problem was i mean i was just doing everything wrong that's that's in but that's not this hunt so but this hunt wasn't too far after that was uh the same season um and i hunted just two places and that was it i mean i had two places i knew i could hunt i could access them from the river um they're public land and so that was that's all i did you know i, I had my uh 14 foot canoe that i'd bought off of craigslist before facebook marketplace was a thing and uh and that was it so anyways this hunt is the hunt from the honey hole um and that place has lived in infamy ever since and i've i've never had a hunt that matched this one in that spot i've had some good hunts over the years but it's just uh it's like i said public land a lot of people have access to it
0: and you have video Um, of this one you have this one on video
1: yeah yeah i do have it on video so it's uh it's not the best video season one (laughs) Uh, it is season one, so the the uh, the logo or the icon, whatever you want to call it, for the podcast is actually a bird from this hunt. And it's got the got the mallard looking right at the camera, and the Browning A five sitting right behind it. A classic picture, um, and you know, so that's my connection to this hunt too. So, um, but anyways, so we went out. I actually, the the story starts the day before. So I went out the day before I sat up on the river on this spot. Um, You know, looking back, the spot's like way too swift for ducks to really want to land in it. And um, it was like, it was even hard to get my decoys back after I threw them out. I'm struggling. Like the, the water's like almost coming over the top of my waders as I'm trying to get the decoys back. And, uh, but anyways, I sat up there and I didn't, I didn't fire a shot and all morning long, the birds would come over the tree land, they'd fly straight at me, then they'd veer to the left or my right, and uh, and then they'd fly and they'd dump into this hole that was just this flooded kind of fingering creeks that came right off the river. And uh, they just did this all in I mean, bird after bird after bird, and all I could hear is just this racket of ducks quacking, and uh, it was like something I'd never seen before, I'd never seen that many ducks um, and so I'm just like, man, like, do I go over there? Do I bust it? Do I just like try to get in there? And I probably could have gone in there and shot my limit. Um, but I was just like freaking out because I'd never seen so many ducks dump in there. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get out of here. I don't even want to fire a shot. And I'm going to come back and I'm going to set up there in the morning. And that's like the first kind of strategic thing I ever did when it came to duck hunting. Before I would just, you know, kind of do whatever. just had a whim. Um, so no joke. Uh, I'm walking around like grabbing my decoys and... Uh, I look up and there's like a, a five pack of greenheads, cupping in like right on top of me, like almost landing on me like up, up to like 15 yards and they flared off. So at that point I'm like, do I put these back down and try to try to start hunting again? Um, but I didn't, I picked up all my stuff. I left and I called my buddy, called my buddy Hunter. And that's the, he'd hunted previous to that um, quite a bit. I mean, maybe not even a ton. I don't even know, honestly, his full amount of experience, but he had, he had way more experience at that time than, than I did. Um, and I was trying to explain to him, like, how many ducks I saw, and he really, like, he really just didn't believe me, I don't think. <laughs> because he's like, you know, you got the new guy, he's out there, and, like, he asked me all the time, like, maybe I saw, like, 10 or 15 ducks today, or, you know, okay, okay. And then you go back to the deer woods and hunt. He, he, he's kind of like, he has to shoot his buck before he duck hunts. He's that kind of duck hunter. Um, So anyways, I convince him, like he, he almost doesn't want to go, but I finally convince him that he needs to come with me on this hunt in the morning. So he does. And we walk into this setup, um, and there's this old blind that's been there for a long time. We set up in it and no joke, we're sitting in this blind and I mean, hours, uh, why did I say hours? Minutes before, minutes before, um, shooting light and just hundreds of ducks, landing all around us like literally i mean it's it's still as far as like indiana and the area i'm at like in my mind's eye and i don't know like it's hard to know if like if 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 this is because it was one of my first major experiences with like huge number of ducks if there's as many As, like, you know, now it's not as uh, crazy to see a ton of ducks just landing there. But in my mind's eye, man, I mean hundreds and hundreds of ducks just all landing on the water, all around us. We're sitting in this blind, and there's just quacking everywhere. And, like, I'm just freaking out. And I wish I had, like, audio or video of us in the blind, because I'm like, oh, my, holy cow, there's ducks everywhere. Is it shooting time? Yeah. And, like, just, you know, and my... And I think Hunter's a little in all too, you know, but he's just more cool, calm and collected. And he's like, no, not yet. No. And then finally, you know, we stood up and just busted all those ducks out of there at shooting light. And <laughs> I think we both shot a couple. So, um, not, not the, you know, if I had to do it again, you know, here's the first, you know, maybe one of the first lessons from it probably would have busted them out of there before shooting light and let them come back. Cause there's just so many birds, um, that we would have, uh, they would have trickled back in so um but we we shot it those hundreds of ducks and and got that morning started that way um but just after that man it was a bluebird sunny day we're in like this timbery hole and uh you know not like true arkansas timber but um it's a small tight hole these birds have to come through the trees and land in the in the honey hole and i mean just all morning flock after flock just coming right in and it was just it was awesome so that was my first limit uh, of mallards ever we did lose some birds though unfortunate didn't bring chief and even at that age i don't know if he would have uh he would have done much but um yeah that's that's the story of the honey hole and really um kind of just a, a magical hunt i don't know how else to explain it
0: so what time of the year was this was this uh what month was
1: it i think it was november, november. Um, i think that um this spot actually got hit hard but i think it was during like uh deer gun season and we had a, a cold snap that pushed all these birds in and they didn't get pressured because a lot of the hunters were, uh, were deer hunting at the time.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, what might be a good idea is either on Patreon or fellowship. When this podcast posts, we put, put the videos links so people can watch them if they want to. Sure. I know you talking about it makes me want to go back and watch that one for sure. Oh yeah. Was yeah. it really cold, really <laughs> cold and snowy on, on,
1: no, it wasn't. If, when you watch the video, you won't feel that way because it was so, so sunny. Um, okay. But you know, you can see our breath and, and that. Is that of, the
0: yeah. same? Because I remember watching an old video of yours on the river where it's like so icy and snowing and You guys like shoot your element so fast. No,
1: yeah, place. that's not the one. But it's actually the same spot, same spot as that one. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's a cool spot.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that one, <clears> the one you're talking about, and I'll just I'll just say this real quick, but because uh, <laughs> now you reminded me of that one, but uh, it's the same spot. But it has a little creek that runs through it that is like shin deep. So, you know, how if it's shin deep and it flows pretty fast with those ripples, it just can't freeze. So, we're talking like it was like negative 18 degree wind chill on the day that we hunted that. I think it was real, like that's real fill. And then it was actually like negative three. The river was froze, but this creek wasn't. We had access from a farmer to walk in there. I mean, it's just the only thing open. So, birds just dumped in there like crazy. So, that was actually the. I think that was the third day in a row I hunted that spot and we got limits.
0: <laughs> I feel like I haven't seen you hunt that spot for a while. What's the deal?
1: Uh, like I said, it's just pressured and um, it's it's a good spot. It's it's one of those places where it's really good when it's good, but it's also just pressured. So mm. it's uh, it's you never know if you're going to go in there and have it to yourself. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and I've had a few times where I'd go in there and didn't have it to myself. That kind of turned me off. To the spot right
0: yeah that can do it i've got a very really similar type of place that i like hunting but i've had some negatives so i just don't go back there so um my first time it took place the same year that you're talking about except a month later so it was december this was the second season that i was making videos and um, my first two seasons i made youtube videos were the worst two waterfowl seasons I can ever remember having in my whole life. I mean, I thought season one was bad, and season two got even worse. I mean, it was just, it was unreal. And so December came, and it was Danny, and this is the second time I ever hunted with Aiden, Golden Boy, second time ever. Um, We had just met him a few weeks before that. And so we started on this little creek, and just things that just, like I said, forever been colossally bad. I needed a good hunt so bad just for my spirit was getting down. Like yours was probably after your 11 hunts with no birds. You probably weren't <laughs> smart. It enough actually that. wasn't down at all. I
1: had no, I had no reference to shooting birds. Right. So, right.
0: well, I was posting videos and it was like, man, I like those FDAs. They sure can't shoot birds. Though so I was seeing lots of comments like that. Like the pressure was oh, building. Man,
1: that's that stings, right? <laughs> yeah. The
0: pressure was building. And, um, I had never experienced anything like that before because before I just didn't even care. It's like, we shoot them, we shoot them, we don't, don't. But when you got, when you're posting everything for YouTube and people are starting to, you know, make comments like you suck at what you're trying to do and you value that and you know, <laughs> you know that you shoot ducks. It's just like you're on this incredibly terrible run that just wouldn't go away. So we started out at this little creek, <clears throat> freezing, freezing day and it just sucked. So we're like, well. My dad called. And he's like, let's go try this lake. We've never walked in there before. Let's just go give it a try. So I'd never even been there before. And we walked in there long walk. We get in there. There's some ducks in there. We flush out and some ducks move around. But this, the, the wind is completely wrong. The wind is straight at our back. And actually, this is the first place I took you when you came to Kansas. Remember, we set up there and then we moved to the other side of the lake. The first hunt you ever um, had in Kansas, we set up when we took the boat ride. We set up on oh the yeah,
1: and then we we moved the a frame. Right. We we rode a frame on the right. This is and the guys are, the guys across like in the middle, um, were just smacking them.
0: Yeah, there was thousands <laughs> of birds flying over on that side, and we were just on the wrong side. So, but this day the, the we we were at where we started, except we were back in the trees, and it was the right side. We didn't get out there till like ten thirty or eleven. But we got out there, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, the wind is absolutely wrong. I mean, it couldn't be more wrong. Just straight in our face. So I'm like, well, let's try this. Let's try to take – we had a lot of decoys with us. Let's try to take two huge pods on both sides and create a runway right down the middle. And so my thought was maybe the ducks will see this runway. They'll come in circle around right in front of us as they're going away from us to get to land into the wind they'd have to be flying away from us. They'd curve around and go away from us so we could get them right as they were turning into that little runway. And I'd never ever set up a decoys like that before in my life. And I was just like maybe this will work. And in the video as I'm actually on the phone with my other friend like doing some like prospecting like what are you seeing? This is what we're seeing. I'm on the phone. And I don't get it on video, but this one Drake comes and does exactly what I was hoping he would do. Comes right down off the left side with the wind um, at his back, spins in front of us, and just drops his wings right into that runway. And Aiden killed him. And I was just so excited because I was like, it worked. He did exactly what I was trying to set him up to do. And I was just so excited. So we ended up shooting. There was four of us. We shot a ton of birds. on. Now, they didn't all do it perfect, but that decoy set was just absolutely worked. And we shot like 18, 19, a lot of green wings, some mallards, and it ended up being our very best day of the whole year because the end of the, the rest of the year ended up pretty much sucking too. But this, this was like one bright point of the season and I was just getting to know Aiden. So it was my first successful hunt with him. And so since then I have enacted this same type of decoy spread in other situations where you just have those two long lines extending way out and then a runway in the middle. Um, And it's worked. It's worked other times too. So that was like the lessons like this in bad situations, high wind situations, not, not even necessarily um, if the wind is completely wrong, I've used it a different time, kind of off at an angle when the birds want to either lay, when they basically want to land out too far, uh, like we call it short stopping in Arkansas, they call it far lighting. But if they want to land out too far, if you can create a long line, two lines, not just a line but two clumps that extend out seventy five, eighty yards, a lot of times with that runway in the middle, it will it'll funnel them a lot farther. So you're actually putting ducks too far out, but they they see that runway, and for something about it, it'll bring them in a little bit farther sometimes. So that was the learning lesson from that phenomenal hunt.
1: Mm, that's good to know. Honestly, I've never, I've I've never, uh, I don't know if I've never. I don't think I've ever tried that decoy spread. I've seen it a few times, mm-hmm. um, but that's that's a good one to know. How many dozen do you think you need to to get that spread out far enough? Oh
0: four to seven, eight. I mean, the more the better, but yeah. I mean, I, I, don't cause I usually run enough.
1: two to three right. and I'm like trying to figure my head. I'm like, I don't know if I have enough to make that long of a line, but yeah, I guess if you had more decoys, then yeah. that could, uh, I think
0: with three dozen, you could, could probably you. pull it off. You just, you just spread it out and string it. Cause you want, I mean, you want it to where when they're land, they're going to be in range, but on bad days, I mean, if it's like on big lakes, that is the common problem is birds landing out too far in big bodies of water. That's why small sure. pools yeah. are just, easier because big pools they just love to land out there too far so if you get in a situation where they're landing at 55 and you can get them to 35 that's not ideal but 35 is killable and 55 is not i don't even shoot at 55 so sometimes that extra just 20 yards where and and the mallards will do it teal will just oh my gosh teal love channels like that where you create but um sometimes you can just get them that extra 15 20 yards with that trick
1: awesome Alrighty. righty well the next one i got is um the first chasing the opener hunt that i ever did so um this one goes back to actually i think it was my first hunt with swamp man too um and we went up to michigan it's first time i did this where we just chased a duck opener which i know a lot of people do that you kind of travel zones or Or uh, states. I I,
0: I chase away from the openers and you chase the openers. (laughs) It's like opener here. I go there opener there. I go here.
1: (laughs) I do the opposite. Well, I think the difference is there's, there's some differences you want to, you talk about like the the validity of the strategy. I do think that in areas um, where you have less ducks, you just have to deal with uh, the pressure on that day because openers can be better. And when you live in an area where you have more ducks, You can avoid it and still have good hunts. It's like I can go back the the next week after an opener and it's um, the number of birds. is like it's like
0: twenty. Yeah, week two is always the worst. And you you're chasing them north to south where your openers are gradually creeping towards you where mine are all in the state and they're all on the same lateral line. So it's totally different Mm -hmm. where you're it's like, well, if you don't chase that opener, you're either egg not going to hunt or the second week you're going to hunt. Like you said, the place it's all blown out now. So for you, it makes sense
1: yeah yep yeah. yeah yeah so yeah it's and it's it's just a necessary evil. I would love to not deal with the people, but honestly it's also it's just it's fun i enjoy i enjoy the rat race, I'm glad that the whole season isn't like that because it would be it would be rough, but um like i i just i just love the competitiveness i love. Um, everybody being out there, it just feels like you're part of an event, even though you're not even talking or associating with all these people. Maybe you get to the boat ramp and you say, "Hey," and all that. But uh, chasing the openers is actually—I mean, I, I love it. Um, I, I wouldn't change it, if even if I could at this point. Even if I could do what you're doing and have success, I think I would still. Mm, maybe that's a lie. I don't know. I have to rethink that. But <laughs> but I do have a I do have a special place in my uh, in my heart for for chasing the openers. They're just a ton of fun. I do the same thing Um, you do
0: though. When I go up to Nebraska for teal, then the next week and I hit Kansas for teal. So I'm in that situation. I'm doing the same thing.
1: Yep. Yep. So this spot we go, it's just a, it's a really cool spot. Um, and we got to travel a couple zones to, to, uh, get on it. Um, and, uh, so this year in particular, we get out there. It's the first time we're ever out there for big duck season. Um, and we get out there, like our plan doesn't go as scheduled. Uh, so we get the out there and it's already dark. Like we wanted to be there in the daylight to kind of figure out where we wanted to go. And it's me and Swamp Man, we borrowed our boss's john boat with a mud motor because at that point all I had was canoes and kayaks. <laughs> and so you need a mud motor to get around in these places. Because um, a kayak, you just can't really get that far and it's weedy and it's like, you just can't like you'll be dead um compared to having a mud motor so we borrow the boss's mud motor which like even thinking back i'm like man that's a <laughs> that's a risky proposition right there um and uh we had so, we brought so much stuff in that we had to take two trips but this thing was like a little 12 foot john boat with a 13 horse mud motor i think so a tiny little rig um, so there's the two of us two dogs, our decoys like we bought we brought um like uh, a grill and food and all that kind of stuff to get into the marsh so we literally had to take two stops and like getting in there in the dark we spun around like not being able to try to get we're trying to get to a certain spot we picked it on the map um and we just couldn't get there we couldn't find our way through it in the dark got all the bogs, all the thick crap you you hit land that you couldn't even couldn't even tell it was separate from the water and it was just a it was just a nightmare getting in there in in the dark um but finally we got to a spot where, like all right this is going to be the spot we're going to set up here and uh (laughs) and uh, we just honestly we we couldn't even touch land anywhere where we set up it was like in knee-deep water and we couldn't walk anywhere that was not in that water so (laughs) um swamp man actually went back and got more gear and came back um and then we set up it was like by this point, um it was after midnight and we weren't even the first people in there that we could see like we could see other boat lights, we could see campfires and it was like from from that point on for the rest of the night uh there was always somebody getting into that marsh <laughs> from then till shooting light. I mean, I don't want to exaggerate, but like it was like 40 groups in this marsh or something. I don't know. Um, so it was just insane again, this was uh, like the first time I ever experienced um something like this uh, with that many hunters trying to get in the same spot and it was i mean it's a huge wetland area, and you know it's it's a it's, it's a pretty fun place to hunt but uh yeah, so first light comes and we're we're shooting birds you know here and there we got a wood duck I think we got we got the first mallard of the season. Um, but the birds just aren't finishing how we want. And, you know, part of that is the pressure and the number of people. And every time somebody shoots in the marsh, birds flare, even if you're working them. But, you know, um, one thing definitely learned from that was our hide was not great. You know, first light, you can get away with it. Um, this You know, this is yeah, pretty basic stuff, you know, as far as, like, beginners. Uh, make sure you're hid. And we weren't. We're kind of – we're standing in the brush. First light, we got away with it. But once, once it was light, everybody shooting, birds – birds are real aware that they're getting hunted pretty quick. Um, and it just doesn't pan out. So we have like three, I think we had four ducks by like midday and we were feeling pretty crappy, pretty down on ourselves. We're like, man, we went through all this. We, we stayed up all night. We uh, did all this work trying to get in here. And like, it's just, there's so many ducks, but we just can't get it done. Um, so, um, we were at the brink of like should we just go home for the weekend? That's a super frustrating feeling
0: right there when you've got the oh, food and yeah. you just can't get it done. That's a such a yep. frustrating feeling.
1: Yep. And so um we we actually cracked open some food, ate some food. I remember talked about it, I remember this video about it last video Yeah. <laughs> it was Yeah. it was actually a box yeah, of Oreos
0: Yeah, yeah, it was already.
1: And uh, it, like it just kick-started us again, and we're like, yeah, let's uh, let's drive around and scout. We found some feathers at the spot that we'd seen some birds land in the morning. We went over there, set up, and wouldn't you know? I mean, we got set up for the midday hunt, and the birds started trickling back in, and we were finishing birds like over the decoys, um, right into the sun. It did the sun did kind of did kind of screw us, but it probably helped us, you know, with the birds having the, the cast the shadow on us and, and all that, and um, but we ended up. Uh, I shot my limit. I think Swamp Man was just one shy of his, and you know we left the other side. I think I had three birds and he had one. So, uh, and it was just really cool shooting mallards early October. Um, it really felt like we earned it on that hunt. Like we worked, we worked hard. Um, we we changed up the game plan, made a new game plan off of the information we got, and um, got it done. I couldn't be more happy with how that hunt went. And by the time we got back out of there, it was dark again. So we were there for from from uh, dawn to dusk it was like i think we, we clocked it, it was like 23 hours in the marsh <laughs> you know and that's something you say yeah. you, you say being in the marsh like uh seeing the marsh right, breathe right. right and just becoming one mm-hmm. with it and uh <laughs> to kind of finish the story so we went from almost leaving at like four birds midday because we we're so discouraged to having like a phenomenal hunt that we still talk to about this day um and then we went we went out i think we went to like buffalo wild wings ate some wings we came back we parked at the boat ramp and we our plan was to be first back in the morning and hunt that same thing and we fell asleep so hard like we're both like sitting upright in the front of the truck and we fell asleep so hard that people were like parking boats and putting in the water and we were like next to the ramp (laughs) you weren't waking up their lights had to be shining in the truck we we didn't wake (laughs) up and so like we slept for like three hours or something you know um i'm like man We got to wake up. And like, I could barely wake them up, shook them out. And we got back in the marsh and the day two, it wasn't as good as the first day. And we had to get out of there by like 10 o'clock or something to get back home. Um, But yeah, I will never, I will never forget that trip. So it's, you know, what, what are the lessons learned from that? You know, there's definitely a lot of lessons you can, you can learn from it, you know, uh, making the move, that's a big one that I'm a huge proponent of. We talk about it all the time, but you gotta, you got to be willing to make the move. Um, if you see something that's not working, like it just we were no matter what we did, oh I forgot one thing on that spot too, the wind direction changed from the morning to the evening. So um, check your wind direction. on X actually has the wind direction and a prediction of the future wind direction. So scan it forward, see what is going to be at shooting light. If you have to set up at three in the morning. And shooting lights at 630, make sure you look at the future forecast for that wind direction. Because by the time it was shooting light, that wind direction was a a bad wind direction where they literally had to swing over top of us and land over top of us. And that's a... a, Excuse me, that's a recipe for having birds that don't finish or flare off over your back or, or whatever. It's just not what you want. So, um, and then, you know, be willing to make a move if something like that happens. You know, maybe the, the weatherman's wrong or maybe you looked at it wrong. That's definitely something that can happen. But uh, <clears throat> I've made moves a lot. And most of the time, uh, it's not going to be worse. If you're to the point where you think you need to make a move, um, it's not going to be worse than what you're already dealing with. You know, and and you can uh, salvage the hunt. Maybe it's not going to be perfect, or it's like this one where we, we made the move, and uh, you know we're we're just one shy, one bird shy of, of tagging the whole twelve bird limit for the two of us. So I don't know. This 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 is one of this is just an awesome hunt. So
0: yeah, that sounds that sounds phenomenal, and I just love that phrase watching the marsh breathe. It's if you've never spent an entire day in a marsh. Or better yet, if you can find a place where you can get away with sleeping in and you like get in there the evening before, camp, hunt, and just you're in there like more than twenty four hours or 20, even twenty four hours. It's just such a cool experience and
1: Elliot, if uh if I don't keep you in this marsh before you die, then I failed as a I failed you as a friend. Isn't so. <laughs> that
0: the one we plan on going to? I,
1: don't, I mean we plan on doing what's best for the birds, right, but right. that would be a good yeah, one.
0: That's where I kind of thought it was, though, that that general area. So My second one was a couple weeks. Your first teal hunt in Kansas, which we did okay. We shot 12 or 13. But on Kansas teal hunting standards, that was a rough year. We just were lacking on water, and the basins in Nebraska had a ton, and the teal just did not want to come out of Nebraska. And it was super annoying. And so the, the last week in the teal season <laughs> – we were driving around, my dad and I, we were just scouting like crazy, and we had found like three or four birds here, three or four birds there. It was just terrible. And so we got a tip from a buddy, actually from the manager of that complex. And he's like, let me tell you what, this one spot here, a few mornings in a row, I've been seeing some birds come right into this spot. And he just like, pinned it, here's where you should go. And um so we all of a sudden had renewed hope because we just hadn't been doing it good at all. And so we kayaked in there and when we got in there, it's like, it just looked terrible. It just, I was so discouraged because it just, there was no food source. It just looked terrible. And if it hadn't been. Can I I stop you for a second?
1: Because you you mentioned that I was on this. No, no, no. You were there a couple minutes before that. Oh, this is that thing. I couldn't read okay gotcha all right continue i was like i couldn't remember but all right two weeks
0: after you were on the hunt with ben page and i and you kept ben kept teasing you and made you think that ducks were coming in
1: (laughs) never did that is like the that's my that's probably one of my number one pet peeves goodness because it's messed us up before once you uh once you get people uh used to that they won't turn around for nothing yeah. birds coming
0: in. I don't <laughs> like that I don't like jump scares and I don't like like the whole band thing. It's, I got a band I don't I've never done that to anyone I don't like I just don't like that type of humor it just makes me feel annoyed it doesn't some people find it funny it just makes me feel annoyed it's like so yeah, don't, don't tell, tell me there's that. a band come on don't it's just not it's not funny it's not funny <laughs> humor where you make someone feel really disappointed mm, is that really humor <laughs> anyway so we cacked in there in the dark and this place just looked terrible and there was other aspects I can't remember what it is I wanted to leave it just looked so bad I'm like I want to go to this other place and Aiden's like no listen this is the information let's just set up here and my spirits were really really low and man sure enough shooting time here they came and uh, it was quick it was one of those hunts where you know you've got to clean up now to, to shoot all your birds but it ended up. Aiden and I ended up shooting our limit, and it was just bam, 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 bam. You know, just taking care of these teal. And it's like my lesson on that was: if you have a reliable source who you trust giving you information, trust the information. Don't it, and and to take it one step further, places don't always have to look really good to be good. My very, very best place ever that I've shot more ducks in any other the spot in the world that you've hunted at, the shrinking ice hole place, uh, you and, and Yep. I mean, doesn't there's no habitat. That doesn't look like some kind of duck mecca place, right? I mean, yeah. when you look at it, when I first scouted that place, I was like, oh, I don't know. And that's why a lot of people don't hunt it, because there's nothing about that place that looks that says, I'm going to shoot tons of birds here. But my average is better in that spot than anywhere else on the side of the state. So looks can be deceiving sometimes, when it comes to what ducks are going are going to do, so don't always discount a place by its looks. And if you have valuable information from a source that you can trust, don't second guess it if you, if that's information you're going on.
1: Awesome. Well, I think we'll probably end at three, Elliot. Right. Um, so we we actually made a longer list, but we're having so much fun talking about these and um, going going you know, in depth about them that I I think we probably will just cut it at three. But, um, I had, I had a few, like, here's my list of the ones I had left. Um, I had a wood duck hunt with my dad. Um, I have, um, the hunt from last year where I took the bus on a weekend trip and shot a three man limit of mallards. That was probably a great one for a lesson and it was a fun hunt. Um, and then (laughs) I had the, um, I had the bus trip. The first bus trip I took, um, the duck bus up to Michigan. We shot uh, geese over over the ice, and had had a, a really awesome hunt there. So, but the one I'm going to go with is, and it's just because honestly, it's a, it's like a another great memory hunt, another great experience. Um, and it's gonna it's gonna change it up a little bit, Elliot, because so far I feel like all we've talked about are mallard hunts. It's all that matters. And, I just uh, talked about teal hunt. That's true. Okay. You know what? I just totally uh, <laughs> ignored that. You talked about deals. So I'm not changing it up, but I'm going to talk about wood ducks and uh, your least favorite bird in the planet. But uh, anyways, is an awesome, awesome wood duck hunt. And, uh, you know, my, my dad's probably going to listen to this. Uh, but if this is not right, this is my mind, though. This is the first successful hunt that, you've, that you were on. With me and uh, my my dad's relationship is different when it comes to waterfowl than a lot of people because um, it's kind of reverse. Uh, I got into duck hunting before he did, you know, um, and I brought that experience to him, which was super cool. It's super cool to to share that with my dad. Um, got into it, I mean, and then and then sharing that experience with him. So I'm trying to do my best as a learning waterfowl hunter. Uh, to get my dad on a good hunt um, I don't have a lot of locations again this is a public land area um, and I go on the scout and I, I remember still in like my mind just sitting there the morning before on the scout and just seeing birds buzzing around swooping around everywhere and it's kind of like you said you wouldn't necessarily expect it small spot just out there in the middle of nowhere there's really not a lot of anything else around so it's like even to this day i have i really don't know where these like wood ducks come from <laughs> but they uh they don't all roost in this area and they come from somewhere else and they can just dive bomb right in there uh, and it's a ton of fun to hunt you're in the right spot with spinners and decoys um you can get these birds they'll just drop right in your lap fast pace um and i've honestly i've had quite a few hunts in this spot but this is you know i took my dad just uh, a two-man hunt um, which is a, another cool kind of thing. We've, we've talked about our favorite hunts, Elliot. And, uh, every single one of mine that I've talked about is a two man hunt. So <laughs> yeah. as yours, the same way, uh,
0: my favorites are two or three. If I'm filming three is my favorite. Cause, but two or three people is definitely,
1: oh cause you have one person yeah. filming, but mm-hmm. yeah. So anyways, on this hunt, you know, same thing. We just, ha- we have birds just dropping in, into the decoys and we're just dropping them fast, furious action. It was just a it was just a really cool hunt and, and it was just a uh, the you know, first time I I could kind of share that that uh, buzz that uh that hype that you get with all the birds coming in there and um, there's not a whole lot of backstory and and all these other things that were involved with it we just showed up before shooting light set up <laughs> and uh, you know and, and got the job done and I think we were one shy of our of our wood duck limit and I think you know. Um, but I think the fault of that was was my dad's shooting unfortunately, so I'm not throwing you under the bus dad uh it was just he was early on in his hunting it was super early on in his uh-huh. hunting. We did end up with uh we did end up with um a few birds coming in at the end, and they just weren't finishing right and that's probably it probably had to do with our hide um a little bit. And uh, you know, there's definitely a lot of things that that I've learned. I've, if we had that hunt again, we would definitely, between the two of us, we'd shoot our limit easy. So <laughs> we've come a we've come a long way uh, as far as that goes. And I did have some people comment saying that that I was being like one of the few times where maybe the, I they said I wasn't being uh, the nicest to my dad. I'm like, I didn't have any I didn't have any ill will to my dad at all during Oof. that. Like people can just pick something out of nothing. I was just like, I've <laughs> <Not> been there. <laughs> Yeah, but it's, it's like uh, – I think the the reason people were, were kind of getting getting to that was like the way I was like, here comes the birds. You got to get on the birds or like, you know, that kind of thing. You're just intense, right. and you're trying to I, – I mean, I didn't know what I was doing at that point. I'll be honest. I mean, this is early well, it's on. It's annoying when, when you're with
0: someone it, and they and keep it. making those mistakes. Let's be honest. It's annoying.
1: Yeah. Well, okay. I wasn't annoyed at that point. It was just – <laughs> I, I would too. I think at this point I would, but like at that point, neither one of us just knew what we're doing, so – um, or we we're just, we we're just early on in our, in our, uh, hunting. Right. And, uh, you know, the other thing to add to this is chief did a great job too. So it was, uh, chief learned with us and learned how he had to deal with, uh, hunters that really didn't know what he's doing <laughs> as a pup. And he's, he's, he's come a long way too. So it's, it's crazy looking back at these memories and old hunts and, um, you, you know, chief progressing myself progressing my dad's you know he's come a long way too is a he's a he's definitely a great hunter now compared to <laughs> when we started so uh it's super cool man i, I love waterfowl hunting and, and um you know i was just thinking about it's like the the amount of time I've, I've spent in it is not that much you know especially compared to a guy like you and i'm like man i still have a lot more ahead of me so it's it's just crazy
0: got a lot of birds left to harvest in your life A lot of birds. So I can say that the only reason I A-frame hunt is because of Jordan Frommer. Would you agree with that?
1: (laughs) Um, I think you would have came around. It just would have took longer.
0: How would you describe my attitude towards A-frames at first?
1: Uh, It's about the same as what your attitude currently is for boat blocks.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's about right. I just didn't (laughs) think they would work as well as layout. I just didn't think that they would that they would work like they do and I started using a frames and I started getting more and more confident with them so the moment that I was a full-scale believer was Aiden and my dad and I two years ago went down to the southeast zone of the state for the late season late season mallards in that area of the state are as smart and cagey ducks as you will ever find Um, I just don't believe they exist anywhere else. Because if they did, you wouldn't ever shoot them. They're just crazy, crazy smart birds. And um, we found a little spot. We got beat into our first spot. And so we found a secondary spot. And um, we set up. And this where we initially set up. The birds just would not cooperate. We we pulled in an A-frame. And we had good cover around the A-frame and everything. And the birds just wanted to be over on this. It was a small little pool. The birds just wanted to be... 80 yards over, and they just bird after bird after bird after bird. I'm like, so right. the handwriting was on the wall right away. There was some food source over there that we did find later that there was a food source they just wouldn't stay out of. So quickly, like after 15 minutes, we pulled up stakes, moved over there, but there was literally no place to hide the A-frame. I mean, and I'm like, well, here we go. Here we go, A-frame. Let's do it. So we put that little a frame on this little peninsula with zero zero surrounding cover i mean none the a-frame was the cover and um i wouldn't say that the birds just automatically dropped in every second but over the course of we've we hunted until about 230 and we ended up one mallard short my dad ended up one mallard short of his limit and that was the day i was like we just killed limits of late season mallards out of an A-frame with no surrounding cover. And I never ever would. I would have bet you a million dollars that wouldn't take place. <laughs> and it did. <laughs> and it wasn't perfect. And we even had like Georgie. I had her um, stand wasn't a mone that was covered at all. It was just like a regular stand. And I had her stand kind of in the A-frame a little bit. So her head was kind of like she was actually looking up out of the A-frame. But we did it. It got, got it done. And that was the moment I was like, well, Jordan, officially, for the record, I was wrong. You were right. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it's just, it's, it, it just works.
1: It's the best feeling when you make a change like that and you're like, you, you make a change. You're not sure if it's going to work. And then the first bird that drops in, you, you almost hold your breath. And you're like, I can't believe this is happening. Nope. And then you shoot them. And then the second one, you're like, it's on.
0: Right. The first one is huge. I've got a whole video. That when, uh, the first time I hunted that slew where we had a group of five come right down in. And I was so excited because it's like, once you know that the ducks are willing to do it, it's game on. Because sometimes the duck's just like, nope, we're just not landing there. And once you get that yeah. first one to do it, it's a game changer because you're like, okay. Game on. I know that there are at least a some mallards that are willing to do it exactly like I want them to. And that's a, that first one's just a game changer. It's a great feeling.
1: Oh, yeah. Definitely. De- definitely one of the best feelings yeah. when it comes to, to duck yeah. So that's, That that's, that's was a, awesome. such
0: a fun hunt. There was yeah. mallards. We were bumped up against private. And that's where the bulk of the mallards were. was on this private. And we were like on a corner. And the private like did an L around the corner. And then we were the corner. Kind of. And um, it was just one of those days is, and I only typically see this in January late season, but it's just like, you don't go a second without seeing Mallard's fly. And then eventually one or two or three do what you want them to do. But the entire time it's like ducks, 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 ducks. Oh, three do it. Ducks. ducks. Oh, yeah. You may wait another half hour, 45 minutes, but when you get it, it's exciting. And the whole time, the whole day is like, feels like you could shoot a duck at any time. It's, I love that feeling.
1: Yeah. Yeah, those hunts, you're never bored right. on those hunts. <laughs> right,
0: I don't do well if I go, yeah. like, if I don't feel like I have a chance, I'm this way with fishing, too. It's like if I'm not getting any bites, I feel like there's not a fish <laughs> in the lake. I have no patience for that. And like, if yeah. I'm out there three hours ducking and I don't see a single duck, oh, my gosh. But if I see one every hour, then I'm like, okay, about an hour, we're going to get it. And I have that feeling of it's going to happen. It's going to happen versus the feeling of, like, I don't think this yep. is going to happen. I hate that feeling.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, Matt. I think Matt is the one that has this rule, where they have a timer, and when they want to quit, it's like I think it's it's like a fifteen minute timer. It's quick, and they give it like okay, fifteen minute. You know, and if they don't see another duck, but then if they see one duck, then they restart that fifteen minute time. We do that,
0: but it's never fifteen <laughs> minutes. It's more like half an hour to an hour. And there's there's been days. Uh, you don't live in Nebraska. <laughs> yeah. Well, so- there's been days we do that where we're thinking about leaving at ten, and we leave at one thirty. Cause <laughs> it's like just a trickle. Those days are fun. It's just a trickle and you're hanging out. It's a beautiful day. Oh, yeah. And, and get, sometimes you're not paying attention. You're like, there they are. Those are the days that the mallards can really bust you. Cause you get sloppy and you start moving around you let your hide kind of slip and there's mallards right on top of you. And then you blow it.
1: Yep. Yep. Well, I feel like I need to add one thing to the lessons learned. And I know I've talked about this before and I know this is not a new thing to a lot of people, but when it comes to A-frames, and it's just to add on to your A-frame thing. And, and something I got blown away this year by is anytime there's snow, and we find it out of, like, fields that are literally just flat with snow. You know, maybe they have, like, a foot of snow. Just pure, flat, white everywhere. And we take an A-frame, brush it in, you know, thick brush all the way up, have it weeping over the top. Um, so it's perfect cover. And for the most part, you have really good decoying birds that maybe start to flare off, um, you know, at 30 yards or something like that, 25 to 30. And we've shot, you know, we've shot uh, four man limits out of A frames like that in the middle of a white field with brushed in, in brush and um, brush. But something that I did this year, and it wasn't my idea, is my uh, buddy Devin. He does this. And I was honestly, I was a little skeptical. I mean, I believed him when he said it worked, but it's like one thing to believe something, it's another thing to be a part of it and see it with yeah. your own eyes. But It's actually, like, snow covers. And I I know, like, people are like, yeah, duh, snow covers work. But for me, never using one and then going to that, I'm like, there's no way this is going to work better than, like, brushing it in. Because you put the brush, it's like you can barely see out of the blind, right? Now we have these white covers. Everybody's wearing white. And, like, the whole top of it's open, though, right? But it didn't matter. I mean, we were finishing geese with these white snow covers closer than I would finish geese. And my sample size is still small, but at this point, I would say it works better than brushing in, and you don't have to worry about brushing it and in. And it's light. <laughs> so, yeah, it's light. You don't have to worry about it brushing in. I'm like, man, win, win, win. And they they decoyed better on, on the hunts where we used them compared to my past history where we've shot limits out of A-frames brushed in. So if you don't have a white cover, you can still do that. But for me, I'm like, yeah, I, that's, that's the way um, I need to go. So, Um, I'm actually going to have to get me one of those. We got the sub sub three blinds, a frame blinds from, uh, from F a, but they have a snow cover. I I don't have one yet, but I'm going to definitely add that to my, my list to have by late season because it's just a no brainer. Now that's, that's yeah, that's my, that's your bonus Bonus lesson learned right right there. there from the man. So, all right, well, let's go ahead and wrap this one up. Thanks everybody for joining us. Um, on the podcast, and uh you know one one thing one last thing to mention guys with uh the hunt stat app and all that guys, if you want to check it out, I know we talked about it a lot at the beginning, um but you know jump over there guys we'd we'd sure appreciate it. I know that you guys are gonna be super excited about what we got coming this year, so check it out over there, like I said, you can check it out on the app store, Google Play or Apple um and just look up hunt stats in the future it'll be north american waterfowler um and check us out over on the patreon as well patreon.com slash freelance duck hunting that's your your two ways to get on um the program get on with uh, the business so um but yeah any last words elliot i
0: enjoyed this hunt got me just talking duck hunting just doesn't get old
1: oh yeah yeah this is a fun one so maybe we'll, like I said, I had a longer list. I think you had some extra, too. Um, we'll see how, you know, I think everybody's going to love it. But if, you know, if you guys do, we'll, we'll hit, hit you guys up with uh, another one of these before season comes in. So that's all we got for today, guys. I'm Jordan from Duck and Chronicles, Elliot from Freelance Duck hunting, and we'll see you guys on the next one. All right, bookmark that. I guess we said Q&A, too. So uh, if you guys are still here and you got any questions, we'll fill them for you. Before we log off here, so I know we got a few of you guys in here in the stream. If you have any questions, just let, let us this. know before we go. Thanks, Dane. He said, "Good one, guys. Relish the hunts with Dad. That's awesome." I'm, I'm
0: gonna blindfold Dane. He's coming up here in July, and I'm gonna show him some of my honey holes. But I'm gonna blind. I may actually. It was his <laughs> idea. I may actually do a video, and the thumbnail is him blindfolded, and it's like. So I don't know what the title would be.